Point oh, my friend. I've got to stop calling it that. Because what do you do next? 3.0? Is it just come? What's the all about? I don't know. Come and snoop, get settled. Ah, well. Another week. Another week. Another week gone. Another week. And if this has worked right, hopefully there should be a jingle at the start of this. Nothing like a bit of pressure, is there? Start your podcast. Just pointing that out to you, Miss IT over there. Well, thank goodness for YouTube videos. That's all I can say. But yes, we should have a jolly jingle. And um, yeah, and thanks to those people that listened in last week. Um, it was nice to see. Nice to see people en- like enjoying it. Is that the right thing? Yeah. And not bad for a first podcast. We've got someone listened in America and Australia. Australia, yeah. I was trying to think yesterday because I thought my initial thought of who it was in Australia made me smile. And then I thought, actually, I've got three possibles, which all made me smile. Yeah. So um, I've got a few possibles as well. Oh, have Australia, you? Yeah. It might be nobody I know then. But it, who yeah, knows? If you were in Australia and you had a cheeky listen, and you're therefore listening to this, therefore, um, please let us know who you are because um, it doesn't show us who you are or where you are directly, does it? It just gives us like a rough area, mm. which is interesting. Anyway, we digress. We do. So last week we introduced ourselves. We did. And this week. So come on then, how did you get into teaching? Where was your first teaching job? Um, well, so, they're two different stories, my friend. Oh dear. So, I graduated at University of Cumbria. Mm-hmm. Epic time. I'm not entirely sure how I passed my degree, because it was heavy, heavy on the fancy dress outings. <laughs> goodness. Yeah, um, yeah, so I graduated, and then I remember vividly, vividly being on the cabin bed. You know those ones that have like a little desk pull out underneath? Yeah. Um, upstairs looking for a job online and I had the radio on back in the day and Kid Rock came on the radio like Sweet Home Alabama I love that song I love the film along. oh what film? Sweet Home Alabama oh Reese yeah Witherspoon yeah I thought you meant Kid Rock for no. I was like I don't know what's happening <laughs> I'm sure I've ever seen that anyway now I was on my cabin bed and I just deleted Lancashire jobs and, and typed in Gap Year and there was this whole world of chat forums and all sorts of stuff of lone travellers and uh, when I'm going downstairs and I was like hey kid did you have any luck I'm like I think I might want to go travelling and he went <laughs> mum and dad were so supportive I think I'd booked it within a week on the on the promise of if I didn't like it give it give it two weeks and then if you don't like it just come home but no pressure so how long did you go for oh snoop <sighs> um I went for I think I went for three months initially I ended up staying for nearly a year 11, 11 months, something like that, because I just kept pushing it back, pushing it back. It was bloody brilliant. Yeah, so all my friends started then QT years, and I was off having the time of my life travelling. Came back with the with the full intention of travelling again, or teaching abroad, or, you know, I had that bug. I had that that big world vision inside of me, um, and ended up staying. Life got in the way a little bit, and moved up to Lancaster. And my first teaching job, actually... Did my NQT in a, in a, in a Prue. <laughs> so it's sort of 
baptism of fire, I suppose. So for those that don't know what a prue is, what is a prue? Um, a pupil referral unit. So it's like a, a short stay school where children at risk, at risk of exclusion or that have already been excluded come to as a short-term sort of solution. And we try and help them navigate the behaviours and, and mm-hmm. come up with strategies and teach them different strategies for coping with these impulsive behaviours. Um, and then we find a, a more permanent spot for them, whether that's back into mainstream, back into the school they came from, with these strategies in place, worked with the mainstream schools to support going back in or to find new places for them and went and supported that transition towards the end of my time there. Started doing a bit more of that. Um, yeah, and it was just, it was a bit of a learning curve, you know. That's miss, a huge learning curve. Little Miss MQT, first teaching job. Still trying to get your head around the curriculum and, and year groups and all sorts of stuff. And um, But I tell you, I loved it. The children were just amazing. Still in touch with them today because it's quite an intensive relationship you form with these kids because mm-hmm. you see them at the most vulnerable, aren't you? And and then you in some ways because you've got to you've got to give it everything, haven't you? I suppose they can sense insincerity, insincerity quite a, a mile off. Yeah, they can. We've worked with together. We've worked mm-hmm. with children that they know the second they walk in the room what your opinion is of them without even. You saying a word. Absolutely. Very intuitive. So, yeah, so that was my first teaching job. Mm. I did a good couple of years there. Um, big learning curve. And it just became my my norm. It's all I knew teaching-wise. It was my norm to create resources, create strategies to help these children manage in different situations throughout the day. Um, and I took that back into mainstream when I, when I left the Peru. Um, alongside this sort of toolbox, we've met the valued education guy, Neil Hawksley, in touch with him and now an ambassador for them because they're just brilliant. You know, they bring that ethical, that sort of values language into mm-hmm. your mainstream. It's now the script I, I use. I mean, you've, you've yeah, worked with me. And, <laughs> you know, asking them to be respectful and tolerant and persevere with things and have the courage to try and... Uh, yeah, so it's really, really has influenced who I am as a teacher, my experiences there. And it's sort of brought me here, really, because, you know, different schools I've been in since, it's sort of another stepping stone on to, to getting onto this sofa with you today because, yeah. you know, you learn from different colleagues and the zones of regulation is a massive part of how I teach every day as well. And it, it just works. And the two together, the values, language and the, the clear expectations and giving children a, a simple understanding of these changing emotions, it gives them the tools to to manage. So, yeah, that's my story, I suppose, really. Yeah, behaviour led from the start, really. What about yourself? Oh, well, well, I've had a varied career. I didn't start working in education until my children, who are now teenagers, till they were born. Um, and then when they were little, I worked in a nursery. Before that, I've run a pub. I've been cabin crew. <laughs> I worked in corporate sales before I had my children. Um, and then I say when they were little, I then worked in nurseries. And then they're only a year apart in school. So when they were getting ready to go to school, I thought, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. When they go to school, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so I enrolled in university. So when the eldest was in year one and the youngest went off into reception, I enrolled in a full-time degree in children's behaviour and development. 
um, for three years. Um, enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy. I don't know how I did it with two young children and a house. So imagine run. your university um, experience <laughs> was very different to yours. I think it would have been very different to yours. So I used to go to uni and di- like, drop the children off. Luckily, the timings worked that I had time to drop them off mm-hmm. and then whiz down to uni because it was a fair trek away. Um, cause obviously, we're Lancaster based, but my university was in Ormskirk. Oh, we went to Edge Hill. I went to Edge Hill. Oh, I thought, I just assumed you went to Ucom. No, I went to Edge Hill. So I, I uh, used to whiz down the motorway each day. Um, Sticking to the limit, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> and uh, go to uni and then they, I think they sometimes have to use wraparound care, but not often. But then I would pick them up from school and then you'd have to be mummy for the evening and do tea and mm. gymnastic runs and things and get them to bed. So I used to shoo everyone off to bed about nine o'clock at night. And then I'd sit from sort of nine, ten o'clock at night till about midnight, one o'clock, doing my uni work. Oh, no word. And that was, I think, the only way I got through was... That structure. I had to do... Dedicating that time. Yeah, I had to do my work at night, my reading at night, because there's no other point in the day. Anyway, three (laughs) years flew by. First class degree in the bag. Boom. Um, And in between those times, I've worked in different settings. I worked in a PMLD school which is a profound and multiple learning difficulties school. So children, mm. there's children there with social and emotional needs, there's children on the spectrum there, um, but also in classrooms you could walk through and there's children with all kinds of medical needs. Um, wow. From My mum was in, in that background for a while. I just think it's amazing what people do, isn't it? It's, yeah. And it's a different sort of strength in somebody to do that, I think. Absolutely. And some children, you know, they would come into school in a hospital bed. Yeah on yeah. machines and things and mm. so that was that was quite a eye-opener um but I loved that job I, I worked in a class with uh children on the spectrum they were all non-verbal mm. um and that was is that when you learned to talk enough for two that's when I learned to talk enough <laughs> for two yeah yeah and then well three God, what days. a diverse like career you've had then that's amazing I didn't know you were an air hostess and stuff <laughs> <laughs> And a pup lamb lady, I know. Know we get on. There you go, you That's see, all the favourite things. All my favourite things. Um, then I've done outdoor education. Cool. Um, and then in mainstream as a TA. And then I was your TA for a bit when I was doing one-to-one. You were. Which is well, the catalyst for why we're sat here. Yeah, yeah. And doing what we're doing. Yeah. It, yeah, it was... It's funny, isn't it, like, the whole... Like my, my career's been so different to a lot of my, my friends that graduated at the time with the, the year up travelling and then moving moving base and and just and choosing a different career path and I feel like it's just the right it's definitely the right thing for me. I'm I'm happy and I'm I'm good at what I'm doing now. Um God plays your strengths, haven't you? Yeah, and it takes you a while, I think, to get the confidence to know that you're good at what you do and to be able to say, Well actually no, because I'm good at that. Yeah. It's that imposter syndrome, isn't yeah. it? You're just like, how 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 do I have the, I don't know, like... I felt like last week when we were doing the first podcast, was like, really? Should I know. I, but I actually, know. yes, why not? We know what we're talking about. And we're passionate. And I think, as humans, that's, that's half a battle, isn't it? If you're passionate and you're willing to listen and learn, which I am, 100%, don't have all the answers at all, but I've got a good bag of experience and you're bringing Absolutely. a whole different bag of experience to the table, so... Yeah, well, because what I haven't mentioned as well is obviously there's all that per- that work experience, but also mm. 
from from the get-go my eldest is on the spectrum he's autistic and he has adhd yeah. um so i've got lived experience of Definitely. yeah of what you need to do to be able to help these children and he's in mainstream and he's in mainstream high school now and touch Which is wood. a massive, massive transition isn't it it's huge from a small, a small from a small, small like primary school in the middle of nowhere to a, a bigger to manage school. that isn't a small like my niece and it's not without it oh what a star but I was terrified when she went left. Well, she's she's just the nicest kid. Mm. I know lots of people say that, lots of aunties say that, but so, so proud to be your auntie. And her, well, I think I was working with you. I you were, yeah, you. you were really nervous the about her moving. The day she moving. went to, yeah. to, to high school, I was in, t- in and tears. And you calmed me down in tears because she was getting a public bus and I was terrified. I was like, we I don't do know remember where she that. is. You were, yeah, you were, I walked in at half eight in the morning and you were in tears in the class. I was like, what's happened? What's wrong? Was, it's such a... A huge thing for any, any. I think it's a parent. Then I'm not a parent, but anybody that loves a kid to 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 like cut those strings a little mm. bit. Because even though she's not mine, I know that she's always with mum or dad. Yeah. Or with me because I was there a lot at one point. Like we always between us, we always knew where she was within a couple of feet. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then suddenly they go to secondary school. Like she had to she had to walk across a park to a high street and get on a public bus. And they've done such a good job of bringing her up because they test drove it in the holidays mm. and dad took her and mum took her and then I think she did it on her own once or twice. Like, it wasn't just go off, go off kid, you yeah. know, it? Like, she was prepared, but I wasn't. Nobody mm. test drove me. Like, mm. Claire, she's... Yeah, yeah digress, but... Oh, gosh. Yeah. But we had quite an incident with the school bus when Rowan first started school. And bearing in mind, he's... Routine is so important to him and once yeah. he knows the routine, it is what it is and... We'd prepped him over the bus situation and he knew what bus he was getting and so on and so on. Well, like fools, we just assumed the bus you get to school is the same bus that you get home. Oh. That would make sense, wouldn't it? It would make sense. You get that particular number bus to school, you're going to be getting that number bus home. When you finish your story, tell me to tell you about bus driver. Right, okay. Yeah. So, that but that was not the case. And he got on, on his first day of secondary school, he got on the same number bus to come home it but it route. stops about three four bus stops short of where he needed to get oh, off oh no anyway obviously we didn't notice at the time and he came on through the door when he got home and i was like hi how did your day go and it was, you know just waiting for that for him to come home from that first day and said so not going back anyway he was really upbeat and then he said mum i got the wrong bus home and i was like what <laughs> what and anyway when he was on this bus and he wasn't getting off that stop, the bus driver said, this is the last stop. And obviously he was aware that this was their first day yeah, yeah, at yeah. school. Yeah. Experienced bus driver. Them, yeah. And um, so he said, well, no, because I got on further up, I get on up there. And he said, oh, well, this number bus coming home stops here. So tomorrow you have to get this other number bus coming home. But for today, just sit where you are and I'll drop you at your bus oh. stop. And this bus driver dropped him at his bus stop. Now, the thing is, it could have gone so terribly wrong because where his routine was, this is the stop, this is the stop. Mm. Had he have been made to get off at that stop... It might have been too far from... Yeah. It was way too far for him to walk home from there. Yes, he had a phone, he could have rung me. But he would... Because that's not the routine and that wasn't, what, that wasn't the plan, mm. that could very easily have escalated into something quite big and traumatic for him yeah. but actually because that bus driver was aware 
that it was his first day so how could i actually emailed the bus company this this is what apollo's about isn't it it's bringing that recognition that something so small to you or i change to you or me could be absolutely massive to somebody else Mm -hmm. and if you're aware of that in the classroom and you're happy to make the small changes yeah like he didn't have to do that no he didn't he could have said probably being you know it might have been you know but his job was to do that route but actually as a human he could see it was going to be a nice thing to do yeah and i think that's what apollo is it's these little tweaks these little extra steps that all someone needs to feel safe in yeah. the classroom or on the bus yeah i mean that could have absolutely been detrimental to mm. the rest of his school career getting to and well, from yeah, school could have been that feeling that they linked with that experience yeah. yeah but thanks to that wonderful bus driver it, that, it was a positive experience. So I did actually email the bus company and t- gave them the number bus and the time and everything to um, say thank you to the bus driver. So bus drivers. Yes, bus drivers. One of my friends is a bus driver. Ooh. And I asked him lots of questions because, like you said, the bus and the route, mm. you'd, you'd think that, that, that Terry the bus driver does route six all day every day in the same bus. Oh, no, no, no. On, a, on one shift, they might drive three different buses going from single-decker to double-decker they might do four different routes. Wow. I know. Because like, when I was at high school, there was a, a cut through between the two sides. We split over two sides. And numerous buses went under the low bridge and ripped the top off. <laughs> and I was like, how do you forget you're driving a double-decker bus? But an hour ago, you might have been driving a single-decker. Oh, of course. So it just baffled me. I was just like, oh. Do you know, like, Postman Pat? <laughs> just drives his little van. Drives a little van. You think that's what male people do, don't you? Mm-hmm. Well, he's got a helicopter now. No the stamps have gone up. No wonder. <laughs> anyway, so... Back to Apollo. Back to Apollo. So I think that's how we ended up here, isn't it? We've both got this diverse background, but it is all rooted in behaviour. It is it all is. rooted in positive behaviour management. Even my previous careers before education, I mean, cabin crew, <laughs> when you do your training, a lot of that is about... De-escalation. De-escalation and, yeah. and behaviour yeah. because... Can you imagine yeah. when someone ki- when and if someone kicks off in the aeroplane 30,000 feet above the ground? Yeah, well, I've seen bridesmaids, so all went a bit loose, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, those cabin crew weren't very well trained in de-escalation, clearly. Yeah, but um, that's how we got to where we are. And, and, you know, I started, values have always been part of it, and zones. And then I started running training sessions on zones. Um, did my first one in September, went down really, really well a whole school approach to implementing the zones of regulation and, and doing it in a positive way. That's the important part though, isn't it? It's got to be a whole school it's got to be a whole school. It doesn't work when if it's just one teacher in one it, classroom. It, no, it doesn't. It works in that classroom for those children. Until but they walk out the classroom door. Until they walk out the classroom door and are faced with the rest of it. And them. it's small tweaks to your classroom, it's small tweaks to your language and it can have such an effect. Um, so yeah, that's how we got to here because the head teacher was like, halfway through my training she was like this is this is what you should be doing mm-hmm. and it took that person that person that you respect for being a professional in a, in a, a school, proper grown-up a proper grown-up saying you're overthinking this just this is what you're good at this is what you should be doing just do that and i remember saying to her i can't be it I can't do that she's like you're already doing it you just need to do it properly mm-hmm. now you just need to go and do it so it's these women building up women isn't it these yeah and here so, we are very grateful so that that is that is a story of how we're here. So next week's podcast then. Oh, I've got a plethora of topics. <laughs> we've got to a cover. list. We've got a list. But I think I think we need to discuss this really. But I think I'd like to start having that chat about filling your own cup up because 
we can't fill other kids' cups up until ours is full. Absolutely. And a lot of my colleagues and friends don't seem to prioritise their cup <laughs> and they're running on empty mm. and they're burning themselves out. And I think there's a whole conversation about self-care for teaching professionals and anybody in schools. So, that, I mean, there's loads of... We've got so many topics, haven't we? And so many people have been in touch already about coming on, which yeah, about is great. being a guest? So please, if you fancy it, it can be a Zoom chat, it can be a, a phone call, it can be a, a you know a chat around mine. Like, let's just have a conversation and get and get chatting about it because there's so much to talk about. And hopefully our first guest will be uh, coming to record in the next couple of weeks. That's exciting. It is exciting. And if I haven't already asked you, I probably will when I see you because everybody has a story, whether it's their personal experience with behaviour when they were kids whether it's just their, how they manage themselves, what they do to fill their cup up, because we all need different things and it's lovely to hear other people's strategies for coping with stuff because you can implement it in your life. Yeah. And everybody has, whether you've worked in education or not, but everybody's been through the school system. Everybody has experience yeah. within education, whether you're a teacher or not. You did go to school at some point. Yeah, or you've so got a kid every, that does or a niece yeah, that does. Or so everybody has... Has an opinion. Everybody has something they want to talk about. about oh, I school. love a good opinion. <laughs> and I love a different opinion. I love coming on and having a chat with my friends or my colleagues or people I respect and articulating our differences of opinion because that is what makes the world an interesting yeah. place, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, please get in touch on social media or if you know us personally, give us a, give us a text and we'll arrange a chat because I've reached out to a few of you, but... I, I just think it, it isn't actually as scary as you think because we're just sat here, dogs on the knee, having a chinwag, yeah. laptops recording. Hopefully. You forget it's here half the time. And it, it and you can't say the wrong thing because it's we're just having a chat. Like There's no right or wrong thing to say. Nope. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, please stay tuned and let's hope we can get this jingle on the front. Be nice. I know. Do you think you can close with a jingle as well? Are you that oh, clever? Oh, stop taking the mic. Have a good weekend, everybody. Have a lovely weekend. Have a good week. And we'll see you for 3.0. I've got to stop saying that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.